Welcome to FitStory TV, the number one resource that everyone in fitness can relate to. I am your host, Matthew Burbridge, with my co-host, Perry Power, and we are on a mission to change the way people see fitness one story at a time. If this is your first time listening, make sure you hit subscribe right now so you don't miss out when we drop more fire. What is going on, FitStory fam? We are back for another episode of FitStory TV, the podcast that is built to empower the fitness industry and all of those in it, I might add, it's basically bringing stories to life. Wouldn't you say, Perry? Fact, mate, fact. Basically bring stories to life. But they're not just any stories, you see. What we love to share here on this platform is people's fit story. And that is exactly what we're about to do today with our guest. He is the founder of the FitPro Mentorship Review Group, AJ Morton. He is a close friend of ours here at the Fit Story Company. I want to get that out there. Okay, this is someone who we highly respect and someone that is doing all kinds of good for this industry. So we just really appreciate you taking some time out today, dude, to come and join us on this podcast, Joe. Thank you guys so much, man. Thanks so much for the intro. All good, Happy man. Bro, before we dive in and kind of get to know you a little bit more immersively, I might say, uh, I suppose I'd better mention I am here with my co-host, my side chick with a dick. <laughs> right <laughs> part-time actor pineapple loving pizza dude man of the hour perry power what's going on bro so basically what you just said is that i'm a tranny who likes pizza on, who likes pineapple on pizza <laughs> lovely I like pineapple on pizza dude oh I'd, bro i love it mate i, I just, just want to say i fucking dialed that down as well man i had some real heavy stuff to say but that came out instead <laughs> Um, mate, Perry. one day I'm going to do the intro and rip the shit out of you as well, mate. We'll do that. <laughs> you know, like a constant lately as well. So, bro, you've just turned vegan, right? How was your first vegan shop today, dude? Well, I'm not going to say I've turned vegan yet. I'm not going to say that. Because when I say that, that means I have to own it and follow through with it. And that's a big commitment. <laughs> um, like I've still got bacon in my fridge. And I'm not putting that in the bin. I want to enjoy my good bacon sandwich. So, um I haven't actually cooked a vegan meal yet, even though I went shopping today. It's just fucking hard work, I think, because I, I don't know that much knowledge within it, um, which is why I think I need the help of one of our previous guests. Corinne. Oh, well, would you look at that? And you're talking about coaching. And here's the thing. A lot of people struggle with building their business. That's like you struggling with your vegan shop. And what do you do when you struggle See? with that? You go find someone that can help. Right. <laughs> you go find help. You don't try and, oh, yeah, I'll do it on my own. Fucking take a year just to, just to work out how to cook a chickpea curry. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, it's good to see you as well, man. Um, so our guest, AJ, uh, we've already covered that you run a very well thought out community for fit pros. But, um, you know, what would be cool is to hear from you because you can explain it way better than what we could ever do. Right. So just quickly kind of graze over for the listeners what FitPro Mentorship Review is and how you're currently serving the world with that group. Yeah, for sure, man. So uh, FitPro Mentorship Review Group is essentially a, a safe space for only fitness professionals, personal trainers, coaches, um, to share their experience with people that they've worked with in the past, whether it be a good experience or a bad one. Um, and also to look into reviews of people they are thinking about hiring so they can get kind of a non-biased idea of who they might want to work with, who they shouldn't want to work with, um, and kind of get a deep dive into that so that they actually can make an educated choice on who they want to hire next. Yeah, I love it, man. And it's such a cool concept as well. It's 
essentially what you're doing is you're, 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 you are filling a gap in the market because there is a lot of, I mean, this industry is just unregulated to, you know, someone could go Very through much. a fucking six week PT course, come out the other side, see there's an opportunity to make money online and bam, all of a sudden they're taking people's money. And then uh, fucking just because they hit one 10 K month, all of a sudden they change their bio to, you know, six figure entrepreneur now helping fit pros build their business. Like it's crazy, man, that this shit is happening. Yeah. And it's just good to see that there's someone in the industry that's kind of filling that gap now, dude. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah. And like, you're right. I, you can literally see on, on some people's feeds and timelines and, you know, posts that like, you could see the, the day that they switch from being a fitness professional to a fitness business coach. And like, I'm cool with the new entries into that space, right? You want to be a business coach? Cool. But man, you better have a good track record. You better not just have woken up one day and decided that's something that you want to do. Uh, yeah. So I, I just think it should be, you know, more of a thought out career choice as opposed to just something you decide overnight. So that's why the group, that's why the group exists. Yeah, man. And why it's going to thrive as well. I can feel it happening in 2020. Now it's got your power fully behind it as well, man. I just see it doing great things, dude. So, um, bro, let's skip back. Let's step into the time machine. All right. I ain't got a sound effect, unfortunately, but we maybe we need, we need to get some sound effects. Come on, dude. guys. Yeah. We need multiple know. buttons. We do. We need a bomb button. We need a nuke <laughs> bottom, a button, button. We need a nuke sound so that, you know, that's for like the real bomb. Like that's the finishing line. Uh, and we need also like, I feel like the time machine. We need noise. an orgasm sound as well. Why would we Same. need that? Because some, because sometimes somebody says something that's just so sexy. Like, ah, you're right. Oh, that is sexy. Yeah. We just need to, ah. Uh? That's what we just need. Yeah, that's it right there. You just made it. You just made it. That wasn't too bad. I mean, Jay Nixon said something earlier on. I can't remember what it is right now because we've recorded like four of these podcasts a day. But I mean, he said something that was super sexy. So that would have warranted the use of that orgasm button. But yeah, we definitely do need some sound effects. But look, let's let's get back into this into this uh, episode. So let's go way way back, right? Back to a land far far away where there was a child born named AJ. And let's take it from there. Let's go from that starting point. What was life like for you growing up? And how did it all start for you, man? Man, you guys go way back. Um, so I was born in a northwest suburb of Chicago called Buffalo Grove. For all, my mis- for all your Midwestern listeners out there from the, from the States. Um, but man, life, life was good. Life was good for... Um, a long time. My um, a great my parents are amazing. They're like super warm people. I've got a great brother, uh, so family dynamic was really good. Parents worked pretty steadily. My um, dad was a very hard worker. He was the breadwinner. Um, all was good. Literally, not nothing remarkable for uh, about thirteen years. And then um, right around the time when I was thirteen, my dad took us on. Uh, he had to work really hard to pay for this a very first kind of out of the country vacation. Right. So he took us to, I think he took us to Cancun and I was in like seventh or eighth grade. <clears throat> and um, we get off the plane, get to our resort. Again, it's the first time, man. Like we're all super excited. Um, we get to the resort and my dad starts acting kind of strange. Can't really figure it out. Seems kind of something kind of off about him. We get into an elevator. It's a glass elevator. You could see the floor that you're on. You could see the front desk and the lobby. Uh, you, you know, you know what floor you're going to and how many how many floors you need to climb. 
he kept getting off at the kitchen level for some reason when we were on it. And he swore this was our floor. I'm like, Dad, what's going on? You know, like you could see through the glass, this is the kitchen. We got to go up to, I don't even know, the floor, eight, 10, whatever it was. This is kind of off. Then we, um, we were kind of back to our hotel room and I'm kind of talking to my mom about what's going on. And I said, Dad's acting kind of strange. What's up? And she's like, yeah, he's, I kind of sense that. And he mentioned something to me, he feels a little bit weird. So I ended up calling my, uh, my dad's doctor back home, just kind of seeing what's going on. He recommended that we come back. My dad's like, fuck no. Like, I, you guys know how hard I work for this. This is our first vacation. He's a very stubborn guy too. It's where I get it from. Um, he's like, no, I'm fine. You know, we're going to do this. It's day one. We just got here. We got seven more days. And uh, the doctor was just like, yeah, no, he needs to come home. So he wouldn't. My mom ended up having to fly my dad's best friend out to Mexico to convince him that his family's worried about him and needs to come home. So that happened the next morning. My, we all uh, met up with my dad's best friend. We went back to the airport. We flew back to Chicago. And about two days later, my dad has a massive stroke. Massive. And I'm in my room. Uh, I think he, he must have had a seizure at the time because I just hear my mom trying to kind of like get my dad's attention. Um, and I, I, he was seizing. I think he was foaming a little bit. I mean, I, a lot of it's a little bit rough for me to, to fully uh, access, I think. I've done a lot of blocking that kind of stuff out. But um, long story short, from that point on, um, my dad, you know, went into rehab. He uh, was and is still paralyzed on his uh, entire left side. So no use of his arm and leg on that side. But the biggest actual repercussions personally and for our family uh, was my dad's personality changed. So the type of stroke that he had affected his frontal lobe. Uh, so his personality was different. His judgment was different. His logic was different. His decision-making was different. A totally different guy, man. Like totally different guy. Wow. So when I saw my dad go to rehab, he actually went to a personal trainer for his rehabilitation. Um, and that's actually where I got my first kind of look into the fitness space. I wasn't really that big. I, I played sports, but I wasn't really into fitness per se. Um, and so that was actually my first kind of insight into like people helping other people, which I've always been really passionate about as well. Um, so I actually started working with that same trainer who was helping with my dad um, after his stroke. And I just like loved exercising. I loved working out, loved, you know, feeling strong and, and feeling healthy. And so that was kind of my um, my entry into the fitness space. Wow, mate! Firstly, thank you for sharing that, man. That's um, you see, th this is the the good thing about this podcast is, like, obviously we've been connected a while, and uh, like many of our guests, you know, we've we've been back and forth with them, maybe even done a couple collabs and and things of, of that nature. But um, there's a, there's a thing when it comes to storytelling where you you actually then. I mean, that's new information to me and Perry and yep. all of our listeners now. Like that's, mm -hmm. that, I assume it's probably the first time you shared it, maybe even on a podcast. I don't know. Sure. But, so it is. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the thing, like, that's so powerful, man, because even just that, like, I feel like I just am so much more connected to you now. Um, just as a human being, like a human to human connection, you know, is built. Um, so it's powerful, man. But one thing that's um, popped up is, is just like, trying to put the link together that, so you said you weren't like madly into sport or anything. I mean, you play, may play a bit, but you weren't like 
wasn't like, yeah, I'm fucking PT, <laughs> you know? And so right. what's interesting is that, cause we've been speaking about this a lot today, specifically on universal intelligence and the way that, you know, just things happen and how life happens for you and not to you. And do you think if your dad hadn't have experienced that, do you think that you would have been introduced to fitness in that way and, and gone into the industry? Mm. Yeah, you know, it's hard to say. I've always been really passionate about helping people, but I think that just gave me a little more of a soft spot for, you know, like literally trying to help people. And from there on, it was like, man, I don't want to be that way. Like my dad ended up having an underlying blood condition um, genetically from his mom, but he was also not the healthiest person. So mm. I was like, you know what, I'm going to do what I can do to stay as healthy as I can. And I'm going to help other people because I don't want to be as a father. I don't want to be that dad who has, you know, these health issues at, at, a, at a high point in his life. And I don't want other people to experience that, that same struggle and that same pain. It's almost like a loss within the family, you know, like my dad, not, not the same guy. I love him either way, but definitely a very different person than he was pre-stroke. Um, and the thing is, uh, when I went off to college or your uni, if you will, uh, I actually didn't want to do uh, fitness right away. It was in the back of my head and I was doing it as a hobby. But I actually went to school for finance at the University of Iowa because I thought that's, I mean, that's what all my friends was doing. And I just thought, yeah, I want to make money. So I need to go into finance. And uh, I, was, I did it for two semesters and I was fucking miserable. I was terrible at it. I didn't like the idea and the vision that this is what, what I was going to be doing for the rest of my life. Uh, it's fine for other people, just not, not fine for me. Um, and so I switched gears. I was like, you know what, I'm going to go into... Uh, health sciences. I'm going to get, uh, you know, certified as a health coach, and I'm going to go into psychology because I love that shit. I love working, you know, with people and figuring out how they tick. And it ended up helping me a lot in fitness too. Um, but it was a total 180. Loved the content. I was good at it. I was interested in it. It was something that I could relate to, and it would help me kind of further my new passion of of wanting to help people. And you know, my, my new my newfound respect for for health throughout the entire lifespan given to me by, you know, my dad's situation. It was a gift. It was a gift. It was a gift. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I would yeah, say in a way it yeah. definitely was. It kind of set the course. It's interesting. Like if, when, when I look back, if my dad never became an alcoholic, if my dad uh, never had a heart attack, if my dad never died, the fit parent movement wouldn't exist. Yeah, it would not have existed. And because it would not have existed, I, who knows, universal intelligence might have made me circle back around at a later stage of my life. So you could say it just shortcutted a lot of time, but then you can also argue to say I would never have ventured down the road of storytelling ever. But that became, but I always say that my, my dad's death and the sexual abuse are some of the best things that ever happened to me. I'm not saying, yeah, great, they happened, but they happened because they shaped who I am today. They shaped me having the fit parent movement. They shaped me, um, you know, running the fit parent, um, the fit story company with Matt. So mm -hmm. it's, it's just an interesting concept, but do you mind if I ask your dad, is he, um, in a wheelchair? No, now because he, because he only has the right side of his leg and um, right side. Right. Of his... so, yeah. So he'll, he'll walk with a limp. He can put weight on it, but there's just not I much, see. you know, mobility in it. And same thing with the hand. Um, they tried many, many years to, you know, do the rehab, kind of bring back whatever they could. Um, but for whatever reason, that connection was just not going to happen. So no, he walks with a limp, sometimes he uses a cane. 
um, but he prefers not to. He's like only 60, not, not an old guy. Yeah, he's still young. Still young. It that is. was a long time ago, the stroke. So it's been, it's been a while. Yeah. Oh, and Perry, you know what, man? Uh, we said this before. If it wasn't for what you'd been through with your dad, then, you know, you shared his story, his story on TikTok. And now that's gone over 5 million plus views. And that's helped a lot of people, man. So like, yeah, I know it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it's not like, you know, the death of your dad is in no way, shape or form could, could ever be. I mean, of course you prefer to have him here than, than have those, that, that on the back end. Yeah. But the fact that it happened and it's now being used for good is, is, is so powerful, man. It really is. Yeah. You know, what did, what did, what did you, what did you learn AJ from um, experiencing that young age, man? I definitely learned to have a greater appreciation for, for family and it kind of gave more of a, of a perspective for me of like a finality, you know, like your parents are people. Um, they're not superheroes, even though they try to be. And, and, and you know, when we're young, uh, they, they are and they can be, but they're vulnerable. They're also figuring things out for the first time. Um, they haven't done it before. They haven't been parents before. So uh yeah i just have it kind of leveled the playing field a little bit for me to be like you know what like we're all we're all no one knows what's going on <laughs> we're all really hurt walking around with our with our childhood stuff and we're all just trying to heal it's so true man it's so fucking true i'm, I'm curious man because obviously you've shared that here uh, have you have you thought about and you said earlier that you were kind of you blocked a lot of the, the the stuff out a lot of the details and I can relate because I did that as well you know I've, I've pushed it so far down that like I d it just didn't even need to be spoken about and then that led unfortunately me to go into drug abuse and and drinking and partying because that was so much easier to do than try and work through those blockers but I'm curious to know like if you were if you have considered sharing it, you know, just to kind of go through that process yourself. I don't know. You know, like literally as you as you ask me that, I kind of feel like now, probably for the first time in my life, I'd be okay revisiting and and doing kind of a deep dive into into that memory. Mm. Um, I don't honestly think I would have been ready or capable of it at any other point in my life. Mm. Mate, I, I relate so heavily, you know, yeah, it's interesting that. because, you know, before, I, I, like, I generally believe that as well, you know, like, we can go back and we can revisit it. Um, but sometimes we're just not ready to do that. And the first time I ever shared my story was actually like, I had so much hesitation around it, you know, man, I was so fucking scared, dude, like, I honestly had created this belief system that if I and this we're talking 18 years, I do not look like the same kid you know, from 18 years ago. No, like the chances of someone recognizing me is ludicrous. Obviously I know that now, but I was so scared to share it because I honestly believed that if I shared it and people did find out, they were gonna come and try and kill us again. Like that was the belief in my head. And when I first ever shared it, I didn't share it publicly straight away. The first time I ever shared it was actually in someone else's mentorship program. It was a, an old mentor of mine and he said, and he had this really cool community. He had about uh, 35 to 40 clients in there. And um, he said, dude, I want you to come and share your story for these guys. And if it wasn't for me being able to have that platform originally to be able to just speak it out for the first time. And even though I was so scared, man, I was, I may as well have been sitting on a block of fucking ice, man. I was shaking, bro. I was, I was in bits, 
But what was powerful about that experience was once I actually said it out once and I, I, I then stepped into the shoes of the hero then, you know, I was able to then say, this is my story. And, and now, you know, I've shared that that once and in this intimate environment and it led, the, it sort of paved the way, in fact, for me to be able to share it multiple times. And now it's become a huge part of my and our brand. You know, we talk about it a lot, our stories. I think sharing that stuff, like literally gives you power it does don't it fully really understand does. how it works but it, and see, it really <laughs> does seem to like open doors and give you power and like attract people with similar situations to you and just like universal universal intelligence is a very very strong and real thing i'm, I'm a firm believer in it for sure it, def it definitely does give you power it, it's it's the opposite of um being really well it's strange because it's the same thing really but people are afraid of vulnerability uh, a lot of people are afraid of being vulnerable because of you know social conditioning or whatever it is or that you know dates back to maybe their childhood where they've been put in vulnerable positions whatever it is people are generally generally afraid of opening up and being vulnerable and it's actually that that is stopping them from growth. It's that that's stopping them from stepping into the next stage of their life. It's the fact that they're not being vulnerable. So I 100% back it, man. It's a superpower. That's how we refer yeah. to it. And, and when you start to master vulnerability and you start to see it as a superpower and not a weakness, all of the amazing stuff happens. You know, you're opening up to your, your, not only yourself so that you can be honest with yourself and truthful with yourself and authentic to yourself, but also to other people and then as a result of that it's like more of those people that connect and relate to you will come to you and it just starts this i mean brene brown what does she say about authenticity perry you said it before a little while back about brene brown and the way that she spoke spoke about uh vulnerability yeah she says to be vulnerable means showing up without expectation of anything in return but so many people, they consciously plan to be vulnerable, right? And then for some reason, they're vulnerable, but then they're let down. Sometimes they don't know what, what they're let down by, but they're let down because they were, they were seeking some type of ROI in whatever currency it was for them being vulnerable. And that was where they went wrong. You have to be vulnerable without expecting anything in return because you're doing it just for you, you know? It's a, it's a very personal thing. It really is, man. And I condone you, bro. If this is the first time you shared that part of your story, bro, I condone you sure. for doing that here with the fit story, uh, the fit story dudes, mate. That's a uh, highly appreciated. So like moving forward, moving on from that point, um, talk to us a little bit about this transition into becoming a fitness coach yourself. Um, <clears throat> and obviously the benefits that you would have received from doing that? Like, how was the transition for you? And what was the identity shift that you personally experienced? I think, um, so after college, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm a certified trainer now. And uh, I went back to Chicago and started working at Equinox. Worked there for five years. And again, here's where that universal intelligence really comes into play. So in my fifth year, when I was really burnt out and on my way out, I was ready to set up my own one-on-one -on -one business outside of that, outside of the, you know, big box gym. Um, I meet my wife, my now wife in the gym. And um, I was actually at kind of at the end of a, of a really bad relationship. So it made it really easy when she kind of showed interest. I was like, okay, like it does get better than this. And for me, that was kind of the first time in my life where I decided that 
I don't deserve to be settling for any aspect of my life, whether it be the place that I live, the, the, you know, the things that I do, the stuff that I have, the people that I, that I um, you know, spend my time with uh, and give my time to. Um, yeah, and I, I wasn't gonna settle in my relationship either. So um, I you know, met my wife, again, universal intelligence does some weird shit sometimes. And um, we got pregnant like a month after we started dating. Wow, dude, good work. You got right on that. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't fuck about, did you? <laughs> no, no, sure. <laughs> but you know, to be to be fair, we we had been ta- like, believe it or not, that I mean, this was it was fiery right from the start. I mean, we it was really easy. She was just so easy to talk to, so fantastic, uh, just about everything. Um, so we actually like were already kind of. T- started talking about like maybe doing something, you know, not getting married, but like, Hey, let's, let's get engaged. Like I totally see a future with you. This is just easy. This is the way it's supposed to be. Um, and yeah, like we were kind of giving each other what, what we wanted. Um, and then when we got pregnant, neither of us doubted for a second that we were going to continue to move forward. You know, she even gave me an out. She's like, I know we don't know each other that well, but, uh, you don't know me that well so you don't need to do this if you don't want to i was like absolutely i'm in 100 percent. good answer it's especially because she's in the yeah it's beautiful (laughs) it's beautiful really because you know you're not the first person uh in fact today because we've done a few podcasts just today and uh you're not the first person to talk about their their counterpart being like a huge part of their story a huge piece of the puzzle um, so earlier on, Jay Nixon was speaking openly about how he met his partner and how she turned out to be the, the main reason why he ended up speaking on stage, writing books, uh, building a successful offline studio and being who he is today was because he found this woman or this woman found him or whatever way you want to look at it or however it happened like that that connection to someone uh, and an equal counterpart is the reason why, you know? So it's, it's interesting, man. It's popped up twice today. Oh yeah, for sure, man. I mean, she, and I don't know, you know, I don't like to dig in other people's relationships, but she's so uh, impactful in my life every day. And because she's in nation, she's always the hardest working person in the room. Um, so I actually aspire to have her work ethic. Um, and, and, and she pushes me because she sees all the potential that I have and, um, yeah, she's been, a, she's been a huge supporter of, of everything I've gone through and everything I've, I hope to do. Mm, it's beautiful, dude. It really is. It's so nice, man. So, I mean, let's dive into, cause we've spoken about your backstory. We've, we've spoken about how you kind of got into fitness, um, and, and that, you know, how you actually became a PT, but what was the, um, what was the personal kind of shift identity shift that took place in you physically, mentally, emotionally from transforming your physique itself? Cause I saw some pictures of you uh, and bro, what the fuck, man? I didn't realize you were like this guy, bro, it's back all ripped up, all kinds of ripped up in these photos. <laughs> I think it was 2016. So only like three, four years ago, he's a great shape, dude. I mean, that doesn't happen overnight. Talk to us about that transformation. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think it really happened when I started training at Equinox, you know, like 
you have to be at the gym all day because if you're not working out, you got to be walking the floor and, you know, there's a lot of time there. So workouts were on point given that I was basically, you know, not leaving. Um, so I got, I got pretty big into weightlifting, um, you know, which I've always been into, but in, at that period of time, um, was also, you know, around the time where I met my wife and it, she just like is always active. She's always been active. And so I knew like if I was, you know, going to continue a relationship with her, it was going to be easy to stay active because she's in fantastic shape. So I was like, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let myself slip, <laughs> you know? Um, so for me, you know, it, it was, it was an important part of our lifestyle together as we created a relationship. And then, you know, obviously shortly after the relationship, as we were creating a family together. Um, and, you know, I, I've always just had this, thing in the back of my head that's like you know what um i have my father's genetics i need to be careful of my health mm. i need to do everything i can possibly do to stay as healthy as i can so that you know knock on wood something like that does not happen mm. so for me it became a non-negotiable at that point yeah especially yeah. because i now had a family and i literally now am my dad you know it, like it I'm, I'm a guy who's working his butt off who's got kids and sure. I feel the stresses of life and I understand a little bit more about how, you know, how parenting works and how adulthood works. And so for me, you know, it's either like, Hey, I can, I can, you know, not work out and, you know, maybe spend a little more time here and there doing other things or just be lazy about it. But then I just really don't want to miss anything. And I mm. want to be at my, I want to be at my absolute best for, for my family, for both my kids now, for my wife and for myself yeah dude i think about uh, obviously i'm a dad as well and i think about it's that it's it's what my daughter's seeing when i don't think she's looking you know like i think about that often like i think about you know if i make a bad food choice in, and, and it's in front of her you know like if i reach for the crisps or something then what right do i then have to then turn around when she wants snacks to tell her that she can't have them you know to me that that doesn't make sense in my mind. And that makes me feel like my mum, like my mum used to, she would smoke, but she would tell you, you can't smoke. Or, you know, she would, <laughs> she would, she would do whatever she wanted to do, but it would be different for me and for my brothers and sisters. So I think that what, one thing that I've taken from being a dad is like, I constantly think about that. I constantly think about the decisions I'm making on a daily basis that whether or not I like it or not, she is watching. She is consuming and seeing me do things. And that is going to create and craft the worldview that she has about everything, you know, because we've spoken about it before about being the strongest influence for your kids, man. I'd love to talk to you about this while, you, while you're on here too. Okay. Being the strongest influence for your kids and being the, the, the person who you want to show up as every day so that they can really, you know, fucking be influenced by you in a positive way because if it's not us as dads it's not the mums it's someone else and for me the reason why that's important is because i was influenced by other people you know what that's how i got into drugs and, and fucking my life up was because the parental influence was not strong enough you know i wasn't seeing and i love my mum. i do she, she's i love her to bits but she's she didn't really display the characteristics of someone and the traits and the mindset etc of someone that was was leading me anywhere good you know like it, it was the opposite thing so i saw people like other guys that were fucking smoking and 
doing drugs and because I was easily influenced, it was the heavier influence from those people that led me down that path. So I'm curious to know, like in your story, where, where you sit on that, like what's, what's your thoughts on the whole, you know, how you're showing up in front of your kids and, and how your story has affected that in any way. Yeah. So I actually have the opposite, you know, as far as childhood experience than it sounds like you had. So I had a really, really good parents. They were super supportive. Not to say that yours are bad, but you know what I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? Um, I, I'll get you. They were, they were a model. They are and were a model relationship. They treated each other with respect. Um, you know, my dad was always like, if my mom had gotten her nails done, he would come over and tell me, Hey, you know, make sure you go tell mom that her nails look good or her hair looks good. And so like, I've been brought up as an absolute gentleman. I carry that stuff into my relationship with my kids. And when their mom comes home or, you know, she's getting all dressed up and now I don't have to say it anymore. They're six and four years old. And they'd be like, Oh mom, you look beautiful. And I'm like, man, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's great. But I do constantly think about the narrative. Like what are they going to, what are they going to say when they're talking to their friends about how their dad was when they were growing up? What are they going to remember? And, you know, I'm a big proponent of changing your narrative as far as, you know, like what I'm doing right now, moving, moving from, you know, being a fitness professional to working with fitness professionals to help them. Um, and so I worry about what their narrative is that I'm kind of making for them without really even trying, you know? So yeah. it's like, I really think about how I talk to them, the things that I say to them, whether I'm raising my voice or not, how often I tend to do that kind of thing, you know, like, are they going to say that, oh yeah, you know, dad yelled a lot when he was, when he was older I, or when he was, you know, we were kids. I don't really want to, mm. I don't want that as my narrative. So I'm really trying to shape by my behavior and my interaction with them, what they're going to remember about how I treated them. Yeah, And it's going, going fast, man. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I need to, you know, I, I have work to do as a dad, as, as I think most parents probably do. It's a constant, it's a constant dance and a work in progress. But um, yeah, I'm really just trying to, to show up for them, um, to be their rock, like my parents were, and to make them just really, really good people who want to create a really positive impact in the world. Um, and I, yeah, I'm really trying not to be that, that overbearing, you know, scared parent who holds them back and yells at them. Mm. I think that's, that's the thing, mate. I, I believe you go one or two ways, don't you? When you become an adult and uh, you have kids, it's either you're going to continue to display the same things that you saw, or you're going to change the narrative. And um, Perry's a big proponent of that too, because, you know, and the statistic I'm not sure of, but the statistic of people that are abused sexually are that they become the abuser. It's a huge percentage, right? I don't know what it is. Mm. Maybe you know, but I don't, like, I don't know the percentage on that. It's fucking it'd be ridiculous, high. isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's high. extremely yeah. high. And what you've done is you've you've changed the narrative. You know, that's no, that's not mm. your life and that's not what you're going to be like as a dad. Like you're going to show. So it's just interesting. I think that just comes with just um decisions and, and life choices that we decide to make right um bro i want to actually talk, talk about the fit pro mentorship review group all right um because i know there's a part of your story between being a, a a fitness coach to actually then doing what you're doing now so before we dive into the fit pro mentorship review i actually want to talk about how 
you know, what you've been through as a coach when you were, I mean, the thing is people invest a lot of money in mentors, you know, a lot of money in mentors Mm -hmm. and there's a lot to choose from now. Um, And I think that people do get burnt and it does happen. When it does happen, it has a real knock on effect. Now, the reason I want to talk to you about this specifically is because you've experienced that firsthand. You've actually gone through that um, trauma, so to speak, of, of being burnt. So whether it was a, a good experience or bad or whatever it was that you went into, like what was that knock-on effect and how did that actually affect your life moving forward? So if we can just cover that small <clears throat> portion of le- being a fitness professional to then doing what you and going through that process of paying for a mentor and, and having that experience, then we'll dive into the fit pro mentorship review. Cool, man. Yeah. Um, I would say, so probably four years ago or so, um, so I've been in fitness for 12 years, but about four years back, um, I decided, you know, I wasn't, I was a really good trainer, but not a good businessman. And I was like, you know what? I, I want to learn how to make more money. I want to learn how to make more impact. Um, I want to scale. Like I want to, you know, who doesn't want that as a, as a, as a fit pro. So I'm looking around online, you know, you're in these circles on Facebook with people and you're seeing their massive results really for themselves. Um, but sometimes for their clients, you know, and you're kind of attracted to that. And, um, you know, we, we, at, you know, at this time didn't really have a lot of money. We were just, you know, kind of getting by as I was trying to build my business. And at this time, uh, my wife was not working. So it was kind of all on me. And I'm like, look, um, you know, this is going to be the biggest investment we've ever made, but I, I think I need to do this if we want to, you know, next level our lifestyle and next level ourselves and like you know, all the, all the emotional stuff. Like we want more for our family. We want more for our kids. We want to, you know, do all these things and have more time and travel and all that stuff. So I, you know, I would do anything for that stuff. So I got, um, I got talking to you know one particular mentor who, in my eyes, was essentially like a celebrity um, in this space. He was a pretty big name, at least at the time. I'm sure he still is, but uh, it was a trying to think. I'm on the sales call with him, and here's where I knew it started to rub me the wrong way. So he's yeah, he says it's 8k for the program, and I was like, oh man, like that's just a lot. I have to pay that all at once. He's like, yeah, no payment plan fuck well i have to talk to my wife she wasn't home and he's like if you get off the phone it's 12k and like you're going to you're going to essentially penalize me for needing to talk to my wife about dropping 12 or about eight thousand dollars on your course and he said yeah i said well eight twelve like whatever it is this is something that i need and want in my life right now uh, and, you know, I got off the phone, um, you know, had a conversation with my wife. She was super supportive, you know, because we're both coming from this originally, this like really emotional scarcity place, right? Like this is about to go on, on a couple credit cards because we need this that bad. And so we did it, pulled the trigger, um, bought it in at 12K, super excited. And like when the deliverables start coming in, they're just, I mean, just kind of a letdown, like pretty disappointing, a couple videos, you know, like no depth to the program. 
they're just this wasn't business coaching. This was just someone who had like you know pre-recorded a couple things, and 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 emailed them to me, and then you know provided a, a couple things, as far as support goes. Not worth eight thousand dollars. Definitely not worth twelve thousand um, dollars. And so I just felt really really ripped off. I ended up messaging him somewhere in the program, and I said, hey, this is not what I expected or what I paid for. Um, I'm going to discontinue you know paying for this. Um, he never got back to me and I, I just, you know, the stress started immediately when I had to start the whole credit card, you know, company thing. And, and it, at that time, and it's, this still happens, but there's no contract. So the credit card companies have a really difficult time dealing with this kind of thing. It makes it very stressful. No one knows what was promised. No one was, no one knows what, what was supposed to be delivered. Um, so it created a very stressful financial environment for, for us, for my family. Um, and so I was like, man, I really wish I could have read up about him beforehand. <laughs> you know, if I maybe some talked to some clients who like he didn't directly send to me or read some testimonials that he didn't directly send to me, I wanted something unbiased. And, and that wasn't, that did not exist at the time. Um, and uh, so I was like, you know what, I, like that could be a thing. I don't want somebody else to get ripped off like I did. I'm trying to save money for myself, provide provide this platform for the community. Uh, I was looking out there to see if it was there and it's not. So I was like, I'm gonna start this group. It's gonna be called Fit Pro Mentorship Review Group. And then I actually, at this time, um, I was actually like kind of talking back and forth with John Goodman, who like I, you know, I thought of and still think of very highly in the industry. And he was super supportive. He was actually really pissed off <laughs> that it even happened. He, uh, he kind of shouted out the group in my group, in his group, his massive, you know, uh, FitPro group. And, you know, kind of recognized this injustice in the industry and started sending people our way to, you know, kind of get that first boost of, the, uh, of entries into the group. So I'm super thankful for that. Uh, and from, from there, it's just been a platform for people to share openly about their, about their experiences with any courses, products, mentors, you name it, anything that can be sold to fit pros, people can review in there. Um, and the, the, um, the turnout's been really good and the feedback's been amazing. People really support it. They're really grateful and thankful for it. And that the energy that I get out from the group, from people, you know, actually putting that energy out there for me, you know, and being like, this is a good thing. Like you're doing a good job. We need this has just been like, uh, a, a good dream and something that I did not ask for or expect. Mm. Bro. And, and again, that's another one of those uh, pain to purpose moments though, you know, like these things that happen that may be wrapped as a shitty gift, but in reality, it's, it's actually a really <laughs> great gift that you don't want to return, you know, that you can't that's imagine true. yourself not doing. So that's interesting. I, I do have one question around the fit pro mentorship review group that mm -hmm. has been tickling away in the back of my mind, actually. And um, I completely forgot to ask you it the other day, but now you're on a podcast, I'm going to ask, because there are some people out there that are just, they just love fucking complaining. There's some people out there that yes. like, they, you haven't actually got to not deliver the, the goods or the services, but they're just a complainer and they just fucking want to hate on things. And what do you do about those people inside the group that might just be out there to spite people? Because here's the thing. So someone could go through your course, 
and you could give them all of the stuff you need and they just might not fucking take action. They just might be a loser, born and bred loser. They ain't going to do anything. They were never going to do anything, but they wanted to make themselves feel better. So they invested in a program. But when it came to doing the work, they were MIA. So they go MIA for like six weeks in your program. They, you, you are following them up. You're doing all the work as a good coach and good business would do with the customer care. What do you do about those people that might just be out to just be malicious and want to leave shitty reviews? Yeah, no, and that's a good question. And that happens all the time. And that is a huge, that's it. That's to me is an equally important problem to address. Uh, just as much as we need to address the, the bullshit mentors out there, we have to address the bullshit fit pros too, right? Because it, it's it. not fair. It's not a fair exchange. So I make it really clear in the group and in my, in my content that I put out publicly that a coaching relationship is just that. It's a relationship. It's two-sided. There needs to be responsibility and accountability on both sides of the relationship. Um, if you invest in a program, fit pros, if you invest in a program, it is on you to action relentlessly what the, the instructions that you're given in the course and anything less than that it's on you like it's your responsibility if you're not making the proper changes to a t if you're not you know doing video because it's not comfortable for you but that's what's required or whatever whatever it is if you're not willing to follow their directions i don't have sympathy for you and we absolutely look into those kinds of reviews if they start to look a little bit shady we look into both sides couple of weeks ago, I actually withheld a review because I found out a lot more about the situation and I didn't feel like it warranted tarnishing uh, one of my uh, you know, mentors' um, reputations through a review. And I kind of called her out on it and, and, and that's what it is. So I, I'm, I'm in the middle here. I'm not, it's, my group is not meant to be a bashing you know, session mm -hmm. for people. Um, we have a variety of reviews that come in, so we get the good and the bad. But yeah, like I, it's absolutely on the fit pro to, to provide their part of the relationship. It's Dude. not the fit. It's not the mentor's job to pat you on the back, to be your friend, to coddle you when you let your excuses, you know, take over. <laughs> and so you stop actioning shit. Like it's, that's just not what you, you're paying them for the results. They're giving you the map. If you don't follow the map, I don't have anything for you. I'm sorry. Dude, I, I absolutely love that fucking response. I really do. Um, and it's a genuine response as well. It's like, we know you, uh, you know, we, we fucking, we love what you're doing. And um, I think that, you know, because you've been through it, I think here's the biggest thing about why people need to come and join your group is because it's not been set up by someone with just, you know, some dodgy agenda on the back end, you know, like, oh, I'm going to set up this group and fucking, I'm going to start making money from it and blah, 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 blah. And, it's, it's actually set up because you experienced this. Like it, it's coming from a place of genuinity, you know, like you, you went through the shit of having and hired bad mentors, but you didn't know were bad. And you wish that there was that, that, that group, or there was something that could vet that the industry a little better. And it's kind of like anything when you look into any businesses, um, it's solving a problem and it is a fucking big problem that we have. So may I just condone you for creating this um, and, and, and putting this together. And, and not only that being high, like you're really vetting it, you know, the response that you've just given, if anyone had any shadow of a doubt over what your agenda was for the group or what the group's about, like that's crushed. Yeah. It's gone because the response was just so fucking on point. Like you aren't, it's not just a group where someone can come and leave a comment about a coach. Like you will withhold a testimony or a test. You will withhold a, a complaint 
or a testimonial until you figured it out and you've gone through the process of actually vetting that before it's just gone out there and ruining someone's reputation. So I, I just got to say, I've got massive respect for you, bro. I really do. Thank you, man. Yeah, I, like I, I'm trying to level the playing field here. I, I understand there's there's issues on both sides, and I'm just trying to kind of mediate in the middle. Um, yeah, and there's also a lot. Like usually, to be honest with you, the biggest thing that comes up in a relationship between a fit pro and a mentor is just a lack of communication. You know, either something yep. should have been communicated at the start that wasn't, or if the fit pro has an issue, they don't want to communicate the issue, no matter you know at any point in the program. Um, and maybe that's where I think that might be kind of where, um, my, you know, kind of background comes in because my parents always taught me to communicate, overly mm. communicate. So when I have an issue with something, I will gladly tell you because I'm a solutions, like I look for solutions. I problem solve. Yeah. So if you have an issue with me, I want to know about it so that I could fix it and make it better. Simple mm. as that. Yeah, I, I think mm -hmm. communication is the key. And I've always said that even even when I was a fitness coach myself, you know, I would say to my clients, you know, like there's one thing there's a couple more than one, but one of the main things that I like I really expect from you is that you communicate like you if, if there's a problem and you feel a bit awkward about bringing it to me don't feel awkward like it that's going to yeah. slow you down it's going to slow the results down it's going to slow the process down it's going to break the relationship down like this is why what we do when we do uh, anything high ticket we set expectations first so like here's a bit of fucking value actually whilst the people are listening to this if you take on a client and you have not set expectations on both ends of the spectrum so i.e this is how the conversation would sound hey aj it's good to have you on board with this program i'll tell you what list me three to five expectations that you expect from me three to five things that you really truly expect from me as your mentor and then when they give you those answers and, and you write that down then because you, you're co-creating this and this is what's powerful then you say amazing now here's three or five of my expectations of you as a client now, if you lay that shit down clearly and you've both co-created that at the beginning of the fucking relationship, then there is your, that's, that's what's back in the relationship. So if, some, if that client then starts to break those expectations, bam, you can pull them up about it. If you start dropping your expect, if you're if you not meeting their expectations, bam, they can have every right to pull you up about it as a mentor. So I think sometimes the most simple things, the most simple changes to the enrollment process can solve a lot of those problems ongoing, you know? Absolutely. And like the most important thing, like you said, if you're not happy with something, you have to speak up. If you don't speak up again, it's on you. Mm. It's so important, man. I mean, dude, I know that we ain't got all evening. And honestly, we could actually speak to AJ all fucking evening. We, <laughs> could, we do. We do most of the time anyway. Actually, <laughs> <I was gonna laughs> say, we actually normally do. Um, but I mean, the, the last thing that I really want to venture toward is, is about, uh, it's something that we talk a lot to our clients about. And, and this is within the FitStory branding part of our program. We talk about the importance of having like a clear belief attached to their brand you know like that is so important because it kind of filters everything down from there so once you have a strong core belief then you can you can actually identify what your values and this is post story so first off we would advise diving into story once you have your story your core belief and then everything from there is like your values your vision your mission and your message and it all kind of stems down um or like the there's the other metaphor that i use is russian dolls you know it's like the first layer of the russian doll you take that off and there's another layer and another layer um, so based on your story, 
what belief do you hold close to your heart that you'd love other people to adopt? Um, I think that, and I've really opened my eyes to this mostly this year because my life has changed a lot in the last, I would say, year, year and a half. Um, you know, we've been able to, through my, actually through my wife's online business, we've been able to move, you know, uh, from Chicago to our dream spot in San Diego. And so there's a lot of, there's been a lot of shifts in, in, in our mental, you know, how we think about life and how we think about things and our journey. Um, and the thing that's got us the furthest has been just authenticity and just like not settling for anything. If there's like, you should be yourself all the time so that you attract the people who that resonates with. And so that you detract the people who it doesn't resonate with and the people that come into your life, like ever, literally the moment that I started really diving into fit pro mentorship review group, which is, which has been in my mind for a long time, but I haven't actioned it in the way that I'm doing it now. You guys came into my life and I love you guys. You guys are amazing. But so many other people who are just as amazing have come into my life since then in a very short amount of time. So putting yourself out there, being vulnerable, being authentic, and just putting it out there. Don't say the same shit that everyone else is saying. Don't do the same shit that everyone else is doing. Look around, put yourself out there, take some sort of a stance on something because you have it. You're just probably not willing to share it and fucking go for it. Just put it all out there. I love that, bro. Really That's where that button comes in. But you can't, you can't, <laughs> can't you give us that orgasm sound again. So, bro, I know you're living in SD, right? And, um, yeah. dude, like, we actually, this is a funny little story. So, the other day, uh, I was talking to one of our clients, um, one of our lovely, amazing clients in the Fit Story program, and I was chatting to her, and I dropped in conversation that, um, you know, we're, we're doing, we're co hosting a live event, right? Uh, and I was like, yeah, we're, we're going to be co-hosting a live event in, in San Diego in August. It's going to be real good. And she just sends me back this message like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you held that back? Like, what are you doing? So, uh, bro, you better. <laughs> it's so funny. I was just like, yeah, oh, shit. I forgot about to mention that. Yeah, please. I'm there, man. When is that? Dude, it was going to be at the end of Boom. August. We, we do have dates yeah. as well already, so we can get to sharing that as and, as and when. But, dude, we're so excited for this. Um, this is something that, again, you know, we are big on innovating. We don't just have that in our brand values because mm -hmm. it sounds good. Like, no, nah, man, we're really trying to innovate this space. And obviously, just no one on this podcast will know. But what I shared with you the other day, privately, um, mm -hmm. around that new project, like that is stuff that is not being seen and done in this industry. And we're just trying to really lead from the front with that. Because I, I feel like the more that we can push the boundaries of what's possible as a company and, and really just push the industry into a different direction, I feel more fit pros are going to want to do the same. You know, they're going to see that they can innovate. And actually, just by leading with their story, they are innovating because there's a very few, a very small percentage of mm -hmm. them actually doing it. So this live event, when this came around, and it's Universal Intelligence that put this in the, in the path and, and how it all came together. Um, but part of that live event is, is, is the, it's the pioneering of it. You know, we're, we're creating something at this event that has not been done that we know of, you know? So it's essentially just merging really deep, immersive personal development 
mm. with business development and, sh and actually take away implementable strategy so that when someone comes to this event over three, over three days, they're not just coming to learn a, sh a couple of strategies on, you know, how to get more sales or whatever it is like, nah, man, this is going to be really deep and immersive and it's going to take people to a different place internally and that shift mm -hmm. is going to help them carry that vision and the strategy into the business when they leave so we're, we're really planning some amazing stuff and uh the last thing that we've got to wrap up now is just a venue bro so uh, hopefully it's not too far away from aj and you can come rock it with us man, <laughs> sure, man. <laughs> i would love to absolutely dude it's been a fucking dude. pleasure pleasure having you it has bro it has. dude anytime guys i'm happy happy to be talking to you guys you guys are amazing Thank you, mate. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be plugging the FitPro Mentorship Review Group in the show notes. So if any of you guys that are listening are wondering how you can connect, that's the first thing. But secondly, where can they come find you other than the FitPro Mentorship Review Group if you have anything, where, any free resources, anything like that that you want to plug in? Yeah, so they're actually, so I'm obviously on Facebook mostly, um, AJ Morton, and you can find me in the group very heavily, uh, FitPro Mentorship Review. And uh, actually in that group, we give all of our, uh, anybody who kind of opts in for it, a, uh, a free resource that helps them identify uh, sham mentors. We actually have a five signs of a sham mentor cheat sheet that we, that we give to our new, uh, our new members. So come and get it. That, that's, <laughs> that's, exciting. That's, a, that's a legit resource, man. Yeah. Come get their hands on that. Uh, and and uh, bro, Mate, just like I said, honor to have you on, bro. We we fucking love you too, and uh, we just we can see that the Fit Pro Mentorship Review Group is just going to do good things, man. So uh, to be part of that is is a blessing, bro. And that's universal intelligence again. That's why we're here. Mm -hmm. Hundred percent, man. That is it, Fit right, Story bro. Fam. We will catch you on the next episode. We'll catch up soon. Peace. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Fit Story TV, the number one resource that everyone in fitness can relate to. Yo, if you got value from this episode, all we ask is that you tell a friend. See you next time.